Hello, and welcome to the Equity Expert Podcast, where we have conversations about all matters of equity and executive compensation. I'm Jen Namazi. I'm the Director of Content for the NASPP, and I am very excited today about the episode that we're about to do because we are going to dive into a topic that I personally have wanted to do for a while now. We are going to be talking about participant communications, and we're going to be doing so with Aftab Ibrahim of T-Mobile. I have personally heard Aftab talk about some really interesting things that T-Mobile has done with their participant communications. One of the things that really stood out to me when I heard him present was his transparency and not only talking about what worked and what went really well with the communications that they created, but also some of the things that didn't work quite as well and where they might have had to make adjustments or do some retooling. And so we're going to talk through some of those today. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody that you can find all of the episodes of the Equity Expert podcast on our NASPP website, naspp.com, and also on the podcast apps like Apple and Google and some of the other podcast apps as well. So be sure to subscribe because you will get updated about new episodes and we'll continue to have these conversations and you'll be first to know. So back to our topic of the day, participant communications. Um, Aftab Ibrahim is the Senior Director of Stock Compensation and Executive Programs for T-Mobile. He has been involved in multiple creative communication campaigns for T-Mobile's participant population. And I'm just, again, really excited to dive into this topic with him. So welcome, Aftab. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So we're just going to kind of set the stage a little bit. What I want to do is see if you could just talk a little bit through T-Mobile and your stock plan and your participants and the demographics around that, just so everybody kind of understands what makes up your participant population. Sure. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people know T-Mobile. So we are 75,000 employees now. We just recently completed the merger with Sprint, which um, added about uh, 25,000 employees to our uh, team. So we grant broad-based. Uh, every single employee gets a grant every February. Um, we also have um, an ESPP that everyone is eligible for. One of the things about our company is the demographic is skewed pretty young. So um, I think that's where this communication stuff is very, very important. Uh, we have about an average age of 30 for uh, our employee base. That's particularly exciting to me because I do think that this is kind of a important topic right now, just trying to figure out how to draw in some of these younger generations of workers um, and understanding the how communication formats can change, right, among all the different kind of generational considerations. And one of the things is, so I do see a lot of companies who've found themselves, I don't want to use the word stuck, but that does come to my mind, where they've just kind of stuck to one or two modes of communication. It's like, emails and presentations. And I personally used to use that when I worked on the issuer side frequently. And, and we still use these in a variety of ways. So I'm not dismissing emails and presentations. But what I do see is that sometimes they're in formats that are just really long or complex or hard to digest. Yeah, for sure. And so I kind of, I want to hear from you because you mentioned you do have this, you know, large, younger population who's probably not very willing to read really long emails. And what are you seeing in terms of like what's working best for you in driving engagement with those participants? Yeah. Um, so 
We have definitely not gone away from email. Email has been an important communication tool for us forever and will continue to be. Uh, but it's exactly what you said is everything needs to be shorter. Everything needs to be more of a straight talk and more concise. I mean, all of us open an email and see uh, how long it is and just close it if it's too long or say, oh, we'll come back to it. And, you know, for our demographics and our population, it's even more important uh, to, to consider that. So that's one of the things we've really, really worked on with our emails. Um, and the other piece that we've used recently uh, is video. Um, again, not long videos, short videos, but just different modes of communication that give little bites of information. Um, and it's been very, very effective to kind of move in that direction. So just kind of a sidebar question of that with the videos are they just like embedded somewhere on a site or are you like sending out links to these videos through different like modes like are you texting people sending them out in just email or is it just on the website like how are you distributing because i think that's yeah. also part of it like how do they get to the videos yeah and so we've made it a point to put the, kind of the videos everywhere we can so they're they're on the internet uh but one of the things that we've done in our emails that i think has been really really effective and we worked with legal on it is we have embedded links into our emails instead of a ton of content. So I look back now and, you know, look at some of the things that we did when we first went public and first rolled out stock plan in 2014. And the stuff was awful. I mean, it was long. It was wordy. It was basically us taking the opportunity to send an email and just dumping everything we could into this email because we thought this is the only venue we have. We have the employee's attention. We're just going to put everything out there. And it was not effective. And we know that people were not reading it because it was too long and there was too much information. So to your point, the, what, we, what we're doing with the videos and our QAs and our brochures is that we embed them into the email basically as additional resources. So we do have the main content in the email and then just additional information there that they can click on if they want more. But the really, really, really important pieces of content and things we really want them to know, we will state in the email in a concise, straight talk way, and then give them the opportunity to get to additional resources like the video and um, other stuff. I really like the prioritization of that because I remember sending emails like that where you felt like you had to take the kitchen sink approach like yeah. i gotta get everything in here that i think they may ever want to know and then it just becomes overwhelming and so i really like how you've said okay what they must know is there and then everything else they can access or they have a path to get there all right so i want to just ask you if there was a particular communication that had a significant impact or really you felt was like it just hit it out of the park in terms of engaging participants or driving a great response. Um, anything along those lines that you could share that kind of gives that perspective within T-Mobile about how something really resonated? Yeah, you know, what we did actually, I think that was most effective was we went to a things to know approach, which Again, we do use the emails. Um, we, we try to have really catchy subject lines that um, change every time so that we can get people to open the email in the first place. But when we had a, a very large VEST event in um, 2015, which was our first sort of broad-based VEST event, and we were thinking, how are we gonna get people to open this email and read it? And how can we get 
really the information we want across. We actually started a top five things to know email, and that has been used now going forward. We're down to top three things to know, and we every year it evolves a little bit where we're removing words and making it a little more concise, a little shorter. Uh, but that top five things to know was a game changer for us just because that gives you the opportunity to list out in straight talk the things you really, really want them to know. So when we were getting to the VEST event, we were thinking, okay, there's when are the shares going to be in the account? How do I sell? Why do, did I get fewer shares than I was expecting? Those types of, of items. We listed them all out. And, you know, one of the things we know is people are going to read that first thing and then they're going to close it. You're going to lose some people. They're going to read the second, third thing. You're going to lose some people. So we did it in order of sort of importance. We talked to our partners at Fidelity and we said, okay, why are people calling? What questions are they asking? And that's the top five things to know that we did in that order of, of logical reasons people were calling. And it was, that I think was a game changer for us and we've been using it going forward. Um, like I said, we're down to top three things you need to know, um, but we use it for our ESPP purchases. We use that strategy for, like I said, the best events too, and it's been great. That's fantastic. So coming from a content perspective on things like that is, there really is a strategy in working through content and you guys are actually applying strategy here. So it's not just like, let's just get everything in a list. You know, you're prioritizing that, which is outstanding. And I love how you engaged your provider partner, Fidelity, to guide some of that as well. Like, what are people actually asking, right? Like, we think we know what they may exactly. want to know, but is that what they're really asking about? Um, sometimes those are different. And so it might be you find something on their list that didn't even cross your radar as being extremely important. Yeah, and that actually, I mean, we actually send our communications to Fidelity or, and also our internal customer um, employee care team for T-Mobile before they even go out, just so they have kind of a view of, hey, this is about to go out. And Fidelity has come back to us and said, hey, you know, how about using this link or, um, you know, directing folks to the app, um, which also has helped reduce call volume over there as these big events are happening. But we definitely engage with the people on the kind of the front line of, of who's going to be answering questions when employees are going through um, big events. That, I think that's a fantastic tidbit of information right there. So definitely worth pursuing for companies that haven't really approached it with the partner perspective in mind on the customer service side as well. So, um, okay, let's shift gears a little bit. So, you know, I am a fan of like the lessons learned, <laughs> like what do we yeah, learn from sure. things we've done? Or And one of the things I've noticed just kind of from a behavior perspective is that sometimes when you create something like a communication or a video or, or a webinar, and you put time and effort into it, and then it's not quite hitting the mark like you thought it would. I've sometimes seen, and I've done it myself, where it gets kind of hard to divorce yourself from it, right? You're like, I put all this time into creating this video, and only 10 people have watched it all the way through, or whatever. Yeah. And so that it's, sometimes it might suggest like, well, maybe some retooling or another approach is needed. And I know you have done this. And so I want to just ask you about, have there been times where you have learned lessons and then have subsequently decided to retool something? 
and how did that go and and you know how did you feel about it in the end yeah yeah the, the uh, actually the video is a great example of that because we we put so much effort into the video we put obviously we had you know we had to pay money for it so we had to get the resources and and work with our internal partners and the external um, provider who was helping us with the video and we were very proud of it we sent it around to a ton of our HR partners to say, hey, this is coming. We're going to roll this out for our ESPP. It's a six-minute video, and it's awesome. People are going to watch it and know everything they need to know about ESPP. And it just didn't get the hits that we thought it would. Um, it was exactly what you had said, where we spent a ton of time, and we were really proud of it, and people didn't watch it. And so we we sat we kind of stepped back and tried to figure out what, what's the problem here. And we do have employees in retail. We have employees in call centers. Folks don't typically have a ton of time. And so all we did is we took that six minute video and we worked with the video provider and said, can you just take what we already did and chop it up into subjects or into 30 second hits versus a, a it's the same video it's just broken up into 30 second hits and it changed the number of folks watching it dramatically and it became a lot more useful to our employees and they were still watching the whole thing they were just watching it in smaller pieces it was it was really i think one of the better things we did with the videos just again to that being concise and providing information in, in a really short way well that's that's impressive and i i really love how it was just the same piece of yeah and you still get to watch the whole thing you just break it up a little bit so right bites, and then it was that's pretty amazing to see the difference and i think that's something that's really emerging as an important concept, especially when it comes to organizations that have younger workers that are kind of rising up where they're used to dealing in short, you know, and I see it now, even I'm starting to see things on TikTok related to business and professional things. And those videos are under a minute. And it's like, how can you say anything in under a minute? But, it, you know, sometimes like what you guys did, it's a series of videos, right? So, so sometimes it's easy. You could just walk away from the concept of I have to do one video that's six minutes long. Nope, I could do eight videos that are under a minute. So I yeah. think that's really a great example of how to take something that is bigger and break that down in more digestible, like snack size bits of it. For sure. All right. So, you know, you obviously work with a very large population of employees, participants in your equity plans. And I just want to tap into your knowledge base and um, some of your resources and tools that you use. So are there any go-to that you would recommend for creating or distributing participant communications? So we do, uh, at T-Mobile, we do a lot of our stuff internally. So it's mostly um, content that we build with our communications team um, in, and then distribute uh, through our channels. But we have used um, social media as the kind of go-to for how we learn to communicate and how we kind of look at examples of how our, to your point earlier, these bite-sized videos, but also the clickbait, you know, getting people to open an email or getting people engaged in whatever you're sending. We've done that. Um, a lot of just research through again TikTok and Facebook and all these different social media outlets that what what types of techniques are people using to 
engage with other employees or or with people in general? And then how are they also getting people to open uh, an article or content? Right. And the open part is half the battle, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the biggest sure. part of the battle is like, get them to open it. All right. So we're going to close out, but I want to just give people something to take away that, you know, I feel like there are a lot of organizations who are just using like email, right? And we've already talked yeah. about that's not bad. Email's important. Uh, we all use it. Even at the NESPP, we use it too. Uh, and just kind of guiding people into different options, right? Or video or other formats or so, you know, putting things out through social media. If you had to give somebody just like, here's where I think you should start, or here's a couple of ideas, you know, and just kind of expanding beyond just email, where would you guide people to go? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that the the videos um, are extremely useful uh, just because folks don't always want to read. Um, the other big tip I would give is to make sure all your content, everything that you want employees to see and learn from is available outside of a firewall of some kind, because that was one of the issues we definitely learned the hard way was we linked to a lot of things. We kind of housed all of our materials on the intranet. Uh, and so folks had to be online and logged into their T-Mobile laptop or computer um, workstation in order to get to the content. And that's not always possible. People are at work and, and busy and it, it, you kind of want that experience to be available to them even from home. And they're not always as employees, the ones who are making the financial decisions of do we participate in ESPP or they want to maybe speak to their spouse or or even their parents or something and say, hey, should I do ESPP, you know, and this is how it works. And so that's been a really, really great thing for us was about three years ago, we moved all of our content into uh, a benefits hub that's housed outside the firewall and, and people can see everything they want to and, and see all the videos and the brochures and the QAs outside the firewall just from their phone, their mobile device, whatever that they want to do for that. Well, I think that's excellent. And I think there's been a long history of like keeping things behind the firewall, right? It's a little more accessible to employees only. And to your point, you know, information is kind of digested anywhere these days, right? In your mobile phone, yeah, your home. Like, exactly. You know. and, and we're doing cool things that we want people to know. And if, if other folks go to our benefits hub and, and see that, even if they don't work for T-Mobile, that's, that's a sales pitch for us, right? From a recruiting standpoint, um, we can, recruiters can send uh, candidates over to that benefits hub and say, hey, if you want to learn about our stock stock programs or um, even our 401k stuff is out there, hey, just go there and read about it. And you can see all the cool things that you could potentially experience if you're a T-Mobile employee in the future. So there's nothing to hide with that. It's actually stuff we're very proud of. Fantastic. Well, I may tap you to see if we could put a link to your benefits yeah, sure. in our show notes for this so people could check it out and just be inspired by some of the creativity and, and options that are out there for communications. Um, with that, I think uh, this has been fantastic. I love this conversation, and I think people will be really thrilled to just hear your experiences and gather a few tips that they can hit the ground running or walk away with and try some new things. So off top, I really appreciate you taking the time today to chat with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, for everybody else, we will see you on the next episode.